Welcome to the Columbus Area United Way Connecting Community Podcast. This is where we interview local nonprofit leaders and explore how we can collaborate to have a thriving community. Welcome to Columbus Area United Way Connecting Community. I am here with Katie Lowski with Youth and Families for Christ. So Katie, welcome. Yay! Yes, I'm here, so let's do this. <laughs> you are here, and I'm excited to have you. So today, we just want to learn a little bit about you, really, and what you do at um, Youth and Families for Christ. So actually, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. So tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, how you came into where you are today in regards to what you do at Youth and Families for Christ. Well, I uh, am from the Columbus community. I graduated from Lakeview High School in 2000. Yay, 2000! <laughs> Why 2 k kid. Um, and then I joined the military, actually, and I served for eight years in the Nebraska National Guard while going to school. Um, graduated from Wayne State College and, of course, met my husband along the way. But uh, how I came to YFFC was... I got deployed. I've been on a couple different deployments, and I was at Wayne State College, and my unit got called up, and we went to Korea two weeks after I got pregnant, or after I graduated. So we went to Korea, and when I came home, it was too late to do the fall semester, and Youth for Christ was looking for somebody to just answer phones, just be a simple secretary, just to bide time until I could get back in college, and I just loved it. I loved the environment. I loved the kids. I loved the mission. And so I would drive to Wayne State to go to school two days a week, and I would drive back to Columbus. We were living in Creston at the time and work a couple days a week. I actually volunteered more hours than I was paid uh, because I was young then, and I didn't have kids. And I just slowly uh, continued to get more and more involved. And then uh, I was going to be a teacher. And I was my last semester of college. And I just felt God calling me to ministry. And just, I had several uh, months of sleepless nights, like, is this where I'm supposed to go? And I feel like I shouldn't be leaving YFC. And so I did the unthinkable. I changed my major The when I had one semester left and I dropped the education and I just got an English and history degree, which what can you do with that? Probably <laughs> nothing. Um, but uh, dropped those and went to work for YFC full-time once I graduated. And from there, just slowly moved up. I never thought I'd be the executive director. It wasn't anything that I was planning on or aiming for. It just, God slowly unveiled that to Darla, who started YFFC 24 years ago, and to the board. And it was just a natural transition. I had a lot of experience leading people through the military. I was a NCOIC when I got out, uh, did a deployment in Kosovo. I also uh, was sent down to Hurricane Katrina and um, went to Korea and actually traveled all over. So I got that out of the way. So I am stuck here in Columbus, Nebraska forever because I'm married <laughs> to a farmer. And I have four wonderful kids who 
love YFC too. And that's what's really fun is I've been at YFC for 18 years now and my kids are now involved. I have a daughter who's a freshman and she's a student leader. And it is so fun to see her take on that leadership role, to share her faith, to get involved with other kids. And so that's super fun. And in the 18 years to see other kids who we have worked with that were in my first small groups, like when they were in eighth grade, all have kids who are like 12 years old now, you know, and we're working working with those kids, of the kids that I worked with when I first started. Uh, And it's just amazing to see that full circle and to Mm -hmm. come through. And the kids who come and say, that's my baby picture on the wall because they were part of our teen parent program, or that's my aunt, or that's my uncle. And if you've never been to YFC, our walls are filled with pictures. Mm -hmm. And Everybody knows somebody who has been through our doors and they're continually taking pictures. And so it's just one of those things where I've gone through a couple deployments. I've had a daughter who's had cancer and still fighting cancer. Mm -hmm. I've had four babies and I'm still there. Mm -hmm. And every moment that I have a new uh, challenge come up in life or a new opportunity, I talk to God about it, and is this where you want me? Is it time to move on? And God is so clear continually about, this is where I have you for right now. Don't worry about tomorrow, but for right now, you're here. And I am still here, and I am still wild, and I am still having fun, even though I'm 40 now. So I'm I'm not the same 22-year-old that started at YFC, but... She seems like she's still 22, though. But I feel like I still have the same heart for everything that we do that I did when I was 22. So. So that is how I ended up at YFC and why I am actually still here. Wow. Um, well, I know that whenever I hear you talk and also be, even I've been in YFC and uh, to see the pictures, I always think back to the, you know, the scripture that just talks about God's beautiful masterpiece. And I know that he's using you as that el- element to be able just to create that story and to um, have his word and his love um, shared through what you do. So speaking of that, I mean, tell us a little bit about what does YFC FFC offer to our youth, the impact it makes in regards to your perspective. Um, And, you know, for community members that aren't aware, what does that impact look like on a daily basis? So YFC works with mostly middle school and high school age kids, and we work with the every, every kid in every circumstance, um, no matter whether you have a great family who is super involved in your life, helicopter mom, I might be one of those, <laughs> um, or you have working parents who have to work lots of hours mm-hmm. to pay the bills, or maybe you don't have a dad, or maybe you live with your grandparents. We have so many kids in this community who live in different environments, and yet they're all thrown together in school and expected to act the same, be the same, perform Mm -hmm. the same. And so we come alongside them to encourage them, to love them, to give them resources, to point them to resources in the community Mm -hmm. that are going to help them be successful. And so our main goal is that these kids would have a positive heart change, you know, physically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, spiritually. And that's what we want. We want this balanced person who can go out and help their peers, help their parents, help their family members, and help their community. And you do that by receiving and then by giving back. And so many of the kids we work with are at that receiving spot right now. And we have so many different programs. It's crazy how many programs we have. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are, our four main programs are our club 
programs where the kids come and they hang out after school and they get involved in different activities. And then we've got small groups that are a part of that. Um, We also have a teen parent program where, again, we're coming alongside people who are maybe falling through some gaps. Mm -hmm. And so they need help with decision making. I am a parent of four kids with a husband who I've been married to um, for 18 years. And I need help, right? I call my mom all the time. Like even on baby number four, I'm like, oh my goodness, she has a fever. Should I take it to the hospital? Like, what should I do? And so we've got young kids who are having kids and maybe they don't have a parent in the home and they need somebody to turn to, somebody to give them advice, to hold their hand, to walk them through, to be a better parent. One of the best things I see is all those baby pictures on our walls of those kids who were babies and their parents were teen parents because that's how YFC started. Mm -hmm. Like their kids are graduating high school and they're not going in the same direction that their parents did. They are not having babies as a kid. And so that education, that help is making a difference. One life at a time, lots of lives at a time, actually. And so it is amazing to see that. And, you know, I had this one group one time and I knew one girl. And I said, hey, you got a group of friends. Let's get together. We'll have a group every Monday after school. And so I would go to school and I would pick them up. And there were like eight of them in this group. And we'd come and we'd hang out and we'd talk and and we'd eat. Of course, we eat at everything we do. (laughs) And we share life. And we were talking about fears. And I had gotten to know many of them. And I knew many of their stories. We were talking about fears. And one of the girls said, I don't want to get pregnant. My parents would kill me. And I found out in that moment that all eight of those girls were the child of a teen parent. And I didn't even know that. And it wasn't anything we were aiming for. These Mm -hmm. girls just found each other, ended up in this group, and all eight of them had been the child of a teen parent in their life. And so they saw what that was like growing up. Not that uh, a teen parent is this horrible person. We all have things in our lives that happen. And so we have to uh, make changes and make Mm -hmm. positive. And they do grow up different when you're young. Um, I had a kid at 25. And I had a kid at 36. I was a different parent parent. with that 25-year-old baby that I had than at the one that I had when I'm 36. We're all growing and changing. And so with the teen parent program, it's coming alongside them and helping them be a better parent, helping them provide for their child while still getting that education so that they can provide for their child later on in life. And so that's really awesome to see. We also have our juvenile services programs, which is not necessarily the court system, but a lot of that does take yeah. place in the court system. Sometimes it gets a negative rap, but honestly, it's kids trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And so I don't look at it negatively at all. They're here making a difference. The ones that aren't involved in those systems have thrown up their hands and they don't care. These kids are making an effort. They're trying. They are trying. So we do community service. Uh, we have stress and anger management class, which mm-hmm. I could take every week mm-hmm. <laughs> with Lene <laughs> teaches that. And she does an awesome job. She's our uh, certified teacher on staff. Mm-hmm. And she just just shares things in a way that every week I'm like, I needed that. I needed that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have kids who continue to take it. It's a 10-week session. They continue to take it for two years Mm -hmm. because every week they want to come back and just be held accountable. Need somebody to remind me of this. And so we do stress and anger management class. We also have an alternative school. And again, that is um, for kids who 
are there for many different reasons. Some are there because maybe they got in trouble, maybe they are uh, got in a fight and so they're a short-term kid and they're there just so they're not at home sleeping or playing on their Xbox, right? Or right. PS4, PS5 now because that's the new thing. <laughs> um, and so uh, what they do is they come to our office and we pick up their homework from school and they come and they finish the homework and we help them, we tutor them. And then when they go back to school, they are still caught up with the rest of the class, which helps somebody not get frustrated Mm -hmm. and not act out because they're not behind. And so we have short-term kids like that. We also have long-term kids, kids who uh, maybe took a weapon to school. And so you're not suspended for five days with that. That could be all the way up to six months, possibly even a year. Mm -hmm. And again, they still need that education. They still need somebody to care and you love, love on them, not just slam the door and say, oh, you're a bad kid. We're done with you. Like we want everybody to know that they are offered so many different chances. Like God gives us grace. And man, if he threw away the key after locking the door on something I have done in my life, oh, scary. So we offer that to these kids. Um, Um, But we also have kids who are there not because of anything that they have done. Maybe they're struggling with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe they had, we've had kids in the past whose parents had cancer and their family schedule just couldn't allow them to go to school. Plus they were needing somebody to talk to. That's tough. That's heavy Mm -hmm. to carry that as a Mm -hmm. child when you have a parent or even a brother or a sister going through that. Um, All the attention is on them. Maybe you feel left out and you feel like, I can't say anything because I'm a bad person because my family is going through something, but they need that love. You don't want to bring whatever their need is to a bigger picture, right? But they still need to be heard. Yes. And so uh, we just offer that. Maybe they were EPC'd, which is emergency protective custody. And so mental health, and especially mm-hmm. with COVID the last couple of years, it's changed the landscape. Um, social media has changed the landscape yes. for all of our youth. And so mental health is a thing and it's something that we have to take very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes kids are placed there short-term or long-term because of issues like that. And we can just give them that quiet, safe place. You know, we have, I had one young lady who was there in her first week there on that Friday, uh, a probation officer showed up mm-hmm. and came to talk to her, but it wasn't her probation officer. It was her mom's and her her mom had just been sentenced to three years in jail. And it was obvious why this young lady had been truant at school and was going to drop out. Uh, she had so much going on at home. She wasn't even living at home. She was living with a family friend. And um, she needed that attention too. And she needed that stability. And she is amazing. Oh my goodness. She is so amazing. I love this girl. Uh, she flew through her classes. She was a girl who was a junior and she was going to drop out and had missed so much school. And she finished her junior year with us and had recouped so many credits that she was able to graduate in December of her senior year and go on and work and, and be successful. And so I have goosebumps because it's like stories like that, that just Mm -hmm. keep you going. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's part of our juvenile services, youth services uh, programs. We also teach classes in the schools. Yeah. Uh, we do weight training. We do bullying. We do alcohol literacy. We do so many different things. So with that, I mean, it's I can, I can, I mean, we could go on and on and on about everything that you offer. And for 18 years, there's thousands and thousands of success stories. I know that. But as we look into the future and as you have kind of alluded to, what do you see as kind of things that we're going to have to keep on our, our 
radar in regards to our youth and making sure that they are connected, that they know that they are loved, that they that the, our community wants to invest in them and that they have a place here um, for them. What does that look like, do you think? I think this new generation has a different kind of stress than the other generations. A lot of times they get a bad rap for being lazy and and not wanting to work. Um, but I think they come about it in different ways and they carry stuff. I think the the stress of sports and activities that is placed on this generation is so much greater than even when I was in school and especially when my mom was in school. And even my grandma, I remember my grandma telling me she played like in one of the first ever women's softball leagues, right? <laughs> hey, grandma. So, all right. How cool was that? And so, but it's so different now. These yeah. kids are expected to be involved in these activities from the time they're like four on up. And if you mm-hmm. aren't, then maybe you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And they're expected to do these activities year round Mm -hmm. and the commitment. And so you see this burnout, you see this, I can't do this. Um, I'm not measuring up. I'm not good enough. And they take that and it's not just sports, it's dance, Mm -hmm. it's singing, it's every organization that you could possibly belong to. I agree. And then if you aren't part of those or you have stepped out because it was too much, now you can't get back in because you feel like I missed out. You know, I didn't have my kids playing t-ball, so now they can't try softball Mm -hmm. as a freshman in high school, right? Um, There's also that pressure on parents for that Mm -hmm. and feeling like, oh, I have to have my kids and everything. But as a family, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have four kids. They can't be in all these things. And we struggle running them. And mm-hmm. I have a husband. Mm-hmm. And I have parents who live here and who help run. Mm-hmm. Like when you have single parents, mm-hmm. um, parents who are working to pay the bills all the time. So we see this fractured family. It's not like it was. You know, there's not a parent who stays at home and runs right. the kids everywhere. And so it just looks so different for our youth. They are looking for somebody who will simply just listen and say, hey, you're enough. Mm-hmm. You're enough as you are who you are, who you were created to be. You don't have to be somebody else. Yeah. I love that. I think you're right. I think we, our culture has put a lot of emphasis on your identity rest in the things that you are associated with or the things that you do. But it goes back to really our identity rest and who God says we are and that we are perfectly made how he has created us to be. And I know that you're trying to breathe that that life and just listening. I mean, I could hear you. I could just listen to you talk for hours, but like, you know, the aspect that I always take away is that I always know that, you know, the programs that you're providing, the staff and the team that you have there is there to just embody and listen to kids and hear. And so often in today, they don't have that because there's so many distractions. Even as you said, the fractured family at home, yes. you got parents running here and there, working here and there. And oftentimes when they are in the accompaniment of their own children, because I'm guilty myself, that phone is there, yes. always on call. <laughs> Boom, work's calling. Yep. Who's calling? This is calling. You know, so right, removing that and just being an avenue of being able to 
build that relationship. Cell phones are great, but they have taken away our rest. Mm -hmm. I have my emails on my phone. Mm -hmm. Like the minute I get something, I'm popping up. I'm getting emails at 1030 at night. I'm, oh, got to check it. What if somebody needs me? Mm -hmm. And there is no rest. Mm -hmm. And that's how our kids are too. Mm -hmm. And also, I think with social media, you see what everybody is doing all the time. And there's this sense of being left out. It's not like when I was a kid, like, we didn't take pictures of everything we yeah. did and post it everywhere. <laughs> I didn't know if my friends were off having fun without me right. because I was stuck in a family thing or I was just chilling in my bedroom. But now right. you do. And so kids have this sense of missing out. Mm-hmm. And it's called FOMO, right? right. Fear, Fear of, of missing, missing out. out. Mm-hmm. And it's a real thing. And it shouldn't be. Like mm-hmm. I'm constantly telling my kids, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you need to have downtime. But I also need you to be involved with groups of people. You need both. But the one thing you don't need is to be playing on your computer on a game or sitting on your phone playing a game because that's not human interaction. That does not feed our hearts. That does not feed our souls. We need to talk with people. You you walk through a mall and you see everybody standing in groups on their phones. Mm-hmm. They're not even communicating. Uh, that's where I think we're going to see so many issues and not just that um injury youth injury because like we said people are overworked they're overdoing stuff and so then suddenly what they've put all their hopes and dreams in kind of goes away Mm -hmm. because they've been injured Mm -hmm. and now they can't continue that and that falls into the mental health category too Mm -hmm. because again we we put our identity in these things or in these people and and not in who god has made us to be Mm -hmm. and so i feel that we have a lot of youth who just need people to love them and care about them and offer them this place where I'm going to tell you I'm taking your phone. And I do that in my small groups. We have a little basket and they all put their phones in it. And suddenly it's not so bad. Like if I just took one person's phone, Mm -hmm. they're all still on their phones, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. missing out on something. Mm -hmm. But if I take everybody's phone, it's kind of this joke, right? Right. But at first it's scary, but I think suddenly it becomes a relief, I don't have to answer. I don't have to talk to or snap like a thousand pictures of myself right. and post it and be like every photo moment, worthy. Every moment. <laughs> right. And so I just think we need that. And teaching those kids skills, you know, we do the exercise classes and the cooking classes, yep. teaching them skills that we kind of forget about now, mm-hmm. cooking. Mm-hmm. And that's something you do with people mm-hmm. and you interact mm-hmm. and you have fun. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it tastes good and sometimes it tastes bad. And that's part of the fun. <laughs> I I bake and I cook all the time and sometimes the smoke alarms go off and sometimes they don't. And I can tell you every time I make bacon, uh, there is smoke everywhere, but it's fun. And the kids like walk in the door and said, oh, who burned something? Who was cooking? And (laughs) And so it's great. And at YFC, it's so fun to see kids like interacting with that too. Like, well, mine looks better than yours. I judged. They had a cooking class where it was all about decorating, uh, a cake and we had whipped cream and they cut up fruit and then they decorated it. And then I didn't get to see who did what. And then I had to judge them and they had them all laid out on this big platter in front of me. And it was almost all boys on this particular cooking class. And they were just hovering around waiting for (laughs) me to judge. And I was just like, oh, look how proud they are of this creation. That is awesome that they're, they're proud of 
earning these skills, learning these skills, sharing them with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I just love it. I love to see kids feel accomplished, feel like Mm -hmm. they did something. And I mean, they put some whipped cream and cut up some fruit and put it on a thing, but it caused so much joy in the simple things. We, We sometimes think that things have to be too great. Yeah. Uh, to be worth anything. And they don't. Mm-hmm. It's the simpleness of just being there and, and sharing and tough love. We, we do a lot of tough love. We're going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, right. We went to camp last week and we had a young man who has been part of stuff we've been doing for over a year. And when we walked back into the building, uh, he had been on the bus and I actually wasn't even on the bus. I was driving a separate car, uh, full of supplies and I happened to walk in behind him and he's turned around and he's like, I'm sorry that I had to do 210 pushups and the push-ups, 210 pushups, 210 pushups. And the pushups <laughs> were 10 pushups. Every time he said a swear word that we caught, that we heard, remember we're at a camp, uh, they're with kids, but we overheard him and he'd immediately get down and do them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the fact that walking in that mm-hmm. door, he just turned around to me and said, I'm sorry that I had to do that. Like that's a heart change. Yeah. That is like, we all mess up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was genuine because I wasn't even talking to him. I wasn't even <laughs> in the car with him for the last three hours. We're just walking in the building. And he felt that on his heart to say, I'm sorry that I swore so much, yeah. but I did my pushups yeah. just so you know, I'm yeah. taking responsibility for that. Right. And that's what we want from these kids too. Like we're all going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we had some mess ups at camp. It was a pretty interesting camp. The first couple days of kids trying things, trying to get away from wave with things. Also, not used to adult supervision. Some mm-hmm. of these kids Haven't who just, you know, don't have that at home and not used to having rules for, I can be good for an hour, but to be good for multiple days on end and like interact with people, yeah. um, it can get a little trying for some kids. But what we did is we offered that grace and that love, but we still called them out on their behaviors. Like this is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You can't say that. You got to treat people better. And kids want that. They We find know. that the most kids rebel because they need boundaries. Mm-hmm. They don't have those boundaries. They need somebody telling them, please. Some guidance. You know, come home by 10. Yeah. You don't have to stay out all night. They right. need somebody telling them that. And uh, it's awesome to see how they will flourish and grow mm-hmm. when they are given that. Well, God has definitely placed you in the right spot. For right now That's and the right. work that you are doing <laughs> and our community is blessed for it and many of our youth I know are daily impacted because of the work that you and your team provide so thank you for that the last question that I'm always asking people um, is you know the world of nonprofit and you know right is just there's always something so if you were to tell us your favorite author at the moment or your go-to karaoke song <laughs> what would it be Hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, well, my favorite book is called Rooms, okay. and I believe the author is Rupert, and it's about this um, CEO who has lots of money, and he goes to a cabin to kind of seclude, get away for a week, and while he is there, he encounters a room that he believes is holding a demon or maybe even the devil, mm-hmm. and as he is 
going through trauma from his past and different things that are happening. And he is searching out to see if he believes in God or, or doesn't. Um, his CEO world where he has lots of money would slowly disappear in his other world where he is growing in this relationship and dealing with traumas gets uh, deeper and more meaningful to him. But then as soon as he pulls back and he goes back into the world dealing with his money and his successes and his accomplishments, this world gets smaller. And so basically he comes to this uh, fork in the road where you have to choose one. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. And um, it is a very interesting, it's a great book with, uh, I think I read it, mm, maybe six, seven years ago, but I still like to reread it. Interesting. And uh, again, it's just one of those things where you can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. You have to pick which master you're going Mm -hmm. to choose. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to that book Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like a cornerstone for me Mm -hmm. of where is your heart and who are you serving? Mm -hmm. And so that is my favorite book. Um, The author I believe is Rupert, but. um, And any go-to music that you would absolutely uh well at our house my daughter loves lauren daigle yes and my husband listens to like metallica (laughs) (laughs) um my mother when she comes over is totally all about the 70s and um i was kind of a Grew up in the 80s. I got those 80s like hair bands going. So like our playlist is all over the place. You have a genre. All over the place. But my favorite... Uh, my favorite group is Casting Crowns. Nice. I love Casting Crowns. I think they have great messages in their songs, and I like to sing aloud to them. Well, thank you, Katie. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Awesome.